several guests today coming in. We have been as a church family in a series of messages entitled The Will of God. We consider the will of God to be of paramount importance. We are people striving to do the will of the Lord. And we want to help each and every one of us accomplish God's specific will in your life. We believe that there is God's sovereign will, which God does because he's God. We believe that God has a will of command, which is his word. But we also believe there is what's called God's will in particular. And we're helping people to walk out God's will for their lives. Amen. Your life. And God has a specific will for you. If you have your Bibles, I am in the Old Testament. This is in the series that will be done. This is almost the last message. Uh, this message today is called, it's, it's Supernatural. It's Supernatural. And I want to take you to 1 Kings. This is 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to read verses 8 through 13. And some of y'all were with me last Sunday. You know, we left off right here uh, at verse 8. And nine, we kind of ended our, our service there uh, when we got into that particular passage, that particular message last week. And we've been having marvelous messages relating to the will of the Lord. And so today we're going to read verses 8 through verse 13. This is, again, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 13. I am reading from the King James Version of my Bible, and it begins like this. This speaking of Elijah. And he arose and did eat. And drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. Somebody say Mount Sinai. And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, now catch this: the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, "Listen to this, Elijah. What doest thou here?" And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenants, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Now watch what happens here. And God said, go forth and stand before the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Catch this. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after a fire, catch this, a still, small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? Did you catch that? The Lord just repeated himself. Will y'all pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these fleeting moments, these few minutes. We made for a moment, place our heart and mind attentive to what you're saying. 
Father, today we come as a family, purposed, inclined to hear your voice. Father, of all the things we've heard this week, and we've heard lots of things, whether we were in a workplace, whether we were at home, conversation with friends and family, we've heard lots of things, Father, but there is nothing greater to hear than your voice. Holy Spirit, speak clearly to us. Father, let your voice echo in our heart and mind that when we leave these doors, we're leaving with the voice of God speaking to us in the innermost part of our being. Help us as we walk this out. Be with us as we move through this message. Help us, Holy Spirit, to attend to the things so necessary that we may be of better use to you. And we pray your blessing. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, we do this as customary. Before you're seated, go find five people, shake their hands, say hello to them, and then tell them this. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. Go tell somebody that. It is supernatural. Just go find somebody. There's a lot of people that are new to the church, first time here. We welcome everybody. Blessings to you. Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord. 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 Dear friend, it is supernatural. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be scared. God is supernatural his nature. God is supernatural. Allow me for a moment to set this text aside for the purpose of delivering to you a supernatural verse, a verse that you already know by memory. You just may not know the verse given to it. It's found in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is, in fact, supernatural. That today you are not the old you, you are the new you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the new you. Touch them back and say, I don't like the old you. I like the new you. The Bible says, be, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it to the coming of Jesus Christ. Well, what good work is this? God is making you to shine in the image of his son. You are now a child of God. Can you imagine? 
I don't know where you're from. I don't know your past. I don't know what's been going on in your life. But I just think it's awesome to know that I've got a father in heaven who knows my name, who cares for me. It is supernatural. You are a new creature. Paul says it like this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It is a powerful, supernatural God that changes you. You might have heard it like this. For the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Catch this. Say, not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven to bring Christ down? Or who shall ascend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Well, well, well preacher, what, what word of faith do you preach? It's simply this, that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Supernatural. Do you know that God has given to every man a measure of faith to believe that he is God? For that very reason, I say God doesn't believe in atheists. Because he gave you the faith to believe that he's God. This is a matter of faith. That when we profess faith in Christ, we become brand new in God. You are a new creature. It is supernatural. Paul says for us an admonition that I believe is probably the single greatest admonition in our culture. And it needs to be heeded by all of us. If you profess Christ as your Savior, I'm going to deliver to you an admonition of the Bible that I pray, that I pray, that I pray, that you take this home with you. Paul says this, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Listen. He didn't say to examine Christ. He didn't say to examine your Bible. He says this. Examine yourselves. Listen carefully. Whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. Catch this. How that Jesus Christ is in you. Did you know that Jesus is in you? Let me say that one more time. Did, did, did you know that when you made your, 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 your faith profession, that God transfused into you the very spirit of Christ? The Bible says, what? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Have you ever heard Paul says that you are the temple of the living God? And God, it says, I'm going to dwell in you, and I'm going to walk in you, and I'm going to be your God, and you're going to be my people. That something happened to you. It's a faith transaction. Examine your faith. Have you examined your faith lately? Are you in the faith? Uh, this culture has never examined our own faith. We know everything that we need to know about Jesus. How many today know that Jesus sanctified you? 
How many today know that Jesus glorified you? How many know that Jesus justified you? We know every propensity, everything, all the propitiation, all the atonement. We know everything about Jesus. We just don't know about our own faith. Do you know today that your faith produces one thing in your life? You ready for it? I'm going to teach you that if you examine your faith, there is one thing you should always see in your life. One thing that should stand out about everything else. One thing I'm going to teach it to you the way Jesus taught it. You ready for this? Catch this. This is Jesus. St. Matthew chapter 18. He says this. You got to listen. You ready? You ready for this? Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Everybody that's working, everybody that's out there living and working and going through the rigors of life, everybody that wants to find God, that wants to know God, that's trying to figure out, how do I get close to God? For everybody that's laboring, and you've been encumbered by your labors, because you know life will swallow you up. He says, come unto me, all ye, that's everybody come. This is what God says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. He says this, and I will give you rest. Will you say rest? I'll give your neighbor a high five and say rest, baby. The kind of rest you pay thousands of dollars to go on vacation for. Rest. Rest. Give him a high five. Rest. Well, you're going to get some rest. 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 Say rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. We should find rest. Brothers and sisters, you need some rest. I'm looking at your faces. Man, you look like you need some rest. You ever see somebody that there's just, you know, you say, man, have you been resting? Have you been sleeping? Is everything all right with you? Man, you look like you need some rest. They say, well, I'm working hard to go on vacation. I'm not talking about vacation, baby. I'm talking about you look like you need some rest. You look tired, man. You, you, you look ragged. You look like you've been through some stuff. Wouldn't you like to have some rest? I mean, people like rest. Anybody like rest? I mean, sometimes we just want some peace and quiet, some rest in our life. I'm not talking to somebody. Now, sometimes you're at home. How many know back in the day, you never woke your parents up from their little nap. You, you might get a spanking because they said, I want some peace and quiet. I want peace and quiet. I want rest. 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 Friend, do you know today that if you call Jesus Lord of your life, you should be at rest. Do, do you know that there's nothing that you can do to compete with what Jesus did for you? Jesus went the distance. Uh, Jesus went all the way to the cross. Uh, God sent his son. We know this. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son as a token of his love to you and he sent his son to the cross to die for you. Listen, my friend, there is nothing you can do to get closer to God than Jesus Christ himself. He's already went the distance. You're not going to add to anything there. You're not going to work to get over. You're not going to read your Bible a hundred times and say, I feel closer to God. Listen, if you're in Jesus, you're as close to God as you can ever be. Somebody say hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, baby, you need some Jesus. You need Jesus. 
Jesus is what draws you close to the heart of God. Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says he's caused you to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That today, listen, you can never be any closer to God than being in Christ Jesus. That's the faith that we profess. And if we have real, true, genuine faith, we're at rest because Jesus has done it all. Somebody say, Jesus has done it all. He doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your help. He's Jesus. He's done it. I'm in a culture of Christians today that don't look restful. They look, they look tired. I'm in a generation of believers that, man, they just barely make it to church. <laughs> that alarm went off, and you even got one hour of sleep last Sunday, and you're still tired. Anybody been thrown off by that hour? It kind of messing me up. I always think it's later than what it is. I'm in a generation of believers now, just, just, just tired people. Shouldn't be so. I'm also in a generation of believers who quite possibly, listen to this, have never heard the voice of God. Do, do, do you know that the work of Christ, the completed work of Christ, was to bring you back into communion with God, conversation? That the totality of the work of Christ was to bring you right next to God so that you and God could have communion one with another, that you might hear the voice of God. Uh, that one attribute of the Lord, to hear his voice, it was, is what creates what we call intimacy in our Christianity. But what we have instead is religiosity. Listen, do you know that if you ever heard the voice of God, it'll change your life? That if you ever heard God speak to you, that it would change the way you see God and understand God and see church and everything around you? You would be filled with the power of the living God because in his word is the power of the spirit of God. Listen, what you need is to hear the Lord. And there's a whole host of believers who say, preacher, you know what? I've never heard God's voice. Never heard it. But I call Jesus Lord. So I ask you, you need to examine your faith. Are you at rest? The single greatest thing that keeps you from hearing God's voice is noise. Because we noisy people. Look at your name and say, he talking about you. I mean, you, you're the noisiest person I know. I'm going to tell you like back in the day when Run DMC, Run DMC used to say, you talk too much. And you never shut up. I grew up in the 80s, doc. Better check yourself. We're just noisy. Our lives are so complicated and so busy and so thoroughly noisy that the still small voice of God never comes in. Listen, do you know that if the voice of God was ever perceived by your heart, it would radically alter your marriage, your motherhood, your fatherhood, your position in life? 
Do you know the blessedness of hearing God? God. Capital G-O-D, God. To hear the voice of the Lord. Jesus died so that you'd hear it. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Jesus says it like this. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them by name. And when I speak, they follow me. Listen, you, you've been recreated. You've got brand new ears. You've got brand new eyes. You've got a brand new mind. You've got a brand new heart. And it's all inclined to God. Every facsimile of it is attuned to God. But we just got to examine our faith. Because I perceive that there's a lot of people here today, my life included, that we can get so busy and so wrapped up and so noisy that the rest that we should be in is disqualified. And when I lose my rest, and when I lose my quietness, I can't hear God. I mean, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe, maybe you don't want to hear God, but, but I want to hear the Lord. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe, maybe you want to hear your favorite album. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you like to hear another voice, but, but I want to hear the voice of God. I mean, that's important to me, and I pray that it'd be important to you. I mean, is it important to you? I mean, am I just preaching? Or are you just nodding your head because you're ready to go watch the Cowboys? Or, or do you really want to hear the voice of God? Is there anybody here that wants to hear the voice of God? I mean, anybody, I just want to see some hands. All right, go find somebody, give them a hug and say, I want to hear the voice of God. Get up right now and go find somebody and just give them a hug and say, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear it, man. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear the voice. I want to hear that voice. I want to hear that voice. I want to hear that voice. I want to hear the voice of God. See, I could come up here and preach to you and say God loves you. And you might hear a preacher say that, but it's going to be different when you hear God tells you he loves you. Yeah, 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 I could talk about it. And you come in and you got your arm like this. What the preacher going to say? What going to talk about? Oh, what did God do? But when God's talking to you, then you're going to come in here and worship with us because you would have said, I heard God say that he loves me. Yeah, now we going somewhere. <laughs> Talking about relationship, not religion. I mean, you want to know some stuff? You got to hear the voice of God. I mean, if you didn't know it, God knows a lot. I mean, really, God is a know-it-all. voice of God. How marvelous. But you've been made to hear it. You have eyes and ears for it. We just got to get quiet. Did you know that the whole Bible talks about that? You, you, you know God, when he made Adam and Eve, he didn't put him in the desert. He put him in a garden because he wanted them to be at rest. Well, God intervened with, with Abraham, and he went through the covenant. What was the covenant for? Rest. Because without it, you won't hear him. I mean, how many of them have heard? You've been in church long enough to hear of the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. God said, I promise to give you rest there. 
The whole Bible's been talking about rest. We're just not restful people. All of the prophets spoke about rest. What, what did Isaiah say to the nation of Israel? He says, and in return, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. Watch this. And in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Because we're going to have to be quiet. Listen to Paul. Listen to Paul. Hebrews 4. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest. You, you can put your name there. If you've entered into your rest, you have ceased from your works as God did from his. Let us therefore labor to enter into that rest. Do you know the work of the kingdom today is just resting? I'm going to go home. I'll see y'all later. See y'all next Sunday. Listen, let me say it again. Do you know that the work of the kingdom of God is resting? Not working, resting. Let me say it again. The labor of the kingdom is to rest. Because truly, our nature is not to be restful. We're restless people. But the new creation causes us to be at rest with God. Let me give it to you like Paul. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. You see God's already doing it. If we'll just be at rest. Do you know that God could do what you're trying to do a lot easier than what you're trying to do it with? Have you ever considered that maybe God can do this better than I could? What a novel idea that God just might be able to do it better than you. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, I think God can do it better than you. I've seen you do things, and I just believe that God. It's 1044. Y'all keep saying amen. I'll be done in 10 minutes. You're going to catch that game. Look. I'm keeping an eye. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this a long time. 25 years I've been doing this. I know what's up. <laughs> Show you Elijah. The text. You thought I forgot about it, right? Elijah is disappointed with God. I mean, you know, after you call fire out of heaven... In the view of all of Israel, this isn't some private thing. This was, this was a, public, a public manifestation of the power of God, the supernatural power of God. I mean, fire fell out of it. It's impressive. The altar that he built up for the Lord, that the Bible says that even the bullet, the very stones that represented the tribes of, tribes of Israel was, was consumed in fire into a powder. The water that was in the trench was licked up. Fire fell. All the prophets of Baal were slewn there at the brook Kishon. I mean, it's a mighty thing. And then Elijah on the top of Mount Carmel, looking over the Mediterranean Sea, caused rain to come. The rain that all of Israel, three and a half years was in a drought. He caused his rain to come. And he thought 
that with that physical manifestation of God, that everybody would have desired God, but they didn't. They didn't. You know, you know, sometimes I, when I'm preaching, I like to step out of my message. I want to step out of my message. Take you don't mind, real quick. I'm just gonna step out of my message. Sometimes I have to. I'm gonna leave my message right there. To give you a warning. Do you know that the beast in the last days in the tribulation is gonna call fire out of heaven? And there's gonna be demonic wonders. But the Bible says if God didn't shorten the days, even the very elect would be convinced. Better be careful what you're seeing. Because what you're seeing may lie to you. Okay, I'm going to go back to my message here real quick. Let me jump back in. Hey, left off right here. Boom. Here I am. Here I am. So Elijah, he calls fire out of heaven. He causes it to rain and the drought is over. And he runs down to Jezreel under the anointing of the Spirit of God, under the power of God, the supernatural power of God. And when he got down there, you thought they would have been heralding the name of God. But instead, a threat came. The threat was to take his life. And Elijah went on the run. Brings us to the story. He's, he's under a juniper tree. He's upset. He's tired of it. He says, Father, take my life. Sick of this. Sick of doing all this work and not seeing no, 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 no dividend for all my labor. You ever been like that? Where you invested yourself into something and you thought you were going to get something for it and it turned out it wasn't worth nothing at all? How many of you have ever been tired of people that you do a lot for and they don't ever say thank you for it? Isn't that sad to be doing stuff for people and you go all out of your way and you do this and that and then they don't even bother to say, hey, I appreciate all that you've been doing. Anybody ever been sick of people like that? All y'all raising y'all hand. Y'all probably the ones we talking about. Y'all talking, yeah, yeah, I know you talking about it. All, you know, yeah. all the narcissism in the world. I'm just messing with you. I got you. I put my hand up. Been preaching 25 years. I've dedicated my life. I left my career. I'm an educated man. I left all that I had to do the work of the law. I thought I'd be a lot further along than I am now. And it's easy to begin to look at stuff out of a natural eye and get discouraged. And I think there's a lot of people in here, you've been looking at your life out of a natural eye, and you don't know how supernatural you are. You don't know how far you've come in the Lord, but you're looking at everything saying, oh, I wish I had a three-car garage, and I, at this time I thought I'd be in this job or have that promotion. I, I thought I would have been here. I thought my husband would be a lot better than he is. I oh, no. <laughs> thought my wife, she'd be a lot better than what she is now. I thought I'd have more kids than what I have, or less kids. I don't know what's going on in your world. More dogs, more cats, more or less dogs, cats. I don't know what's going on in your world. But we thought we'd be somewhere else. See, Elijah's disgusted with all that's happened. And he doesn't see the fruit that he wanted to see. So he's just upset. He said, I'm no better than my father's. The Bible says, while he lay there, he said, you know what I'm going to do? Elijah says, I'm going to go back to the original place where God shows fire. I'm going to go back where the thunder is and where the lightning is and where the clouds are. I'm going to go back to the power I'm going to go take a trip to Mount Sinai. You know where God gave Moses, you know, Ten Commandments. You know the story? T Ten Commandments? No? Everybody? Raise your hand if you know about Ten Commandments. Oh, my God, only like ten of us. Oh, Lord, I got a lot of teaching. Okay. 
Next, next series, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Catch this. So I'm going to go back to Mount Sinai where it all started with the power of God, where everybody knew that God was God. Where if you even edge of that mountain, you'd be consumed in fire. I'm going back to Mount Sinai. You remember the place Mount Sinai, Moses went up to the darkness. The Bible says that Mount Sinai was burning like a great furnace. And there were piers and rollings of thunders and the ominous things of God. I mean, it was dreadful. He said, I'm going to go back to that place. I'm going to go back to where the visible manifestation of God can be seen. And he starts that journey. But before he goes, an angel comes and he makes him some, uh, 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 bakes him a coal, a uh, bread on coals and, and a cruise of water and, and, and he drank it. And the Bible says, under the strength of that meat, he ran 40 days and 40 nights. I can't even run four minutes. <laughs> he, he ran 40 days and 40 nights under the supernatural power of God. When you get home, do me this. How, how many know how to use Google? Anybody know how to use Google? Okay, then what I want you to do. When you go, when you go home, when you leave here, don't do it right now. <laughs> I want you to Google... How far is Beersheba to Mount Sinai? And the Google, you know, the Google will pop up. It'll actually show you where Mount Sinai is and where Beersheba is. And you can see it's 249 miles. So it took him 40 days and 40 nights to go 250 miles without eating. But that's not the supernaturalness of it. He's, once you see the terrain, he's climbing over mountains. The Bible doesn't say that Elijah had a good pair of hiking boots, backpack, a tent, fire starter, flashlight. He wasn't repelling with ropes. He was running over mountains, climbing mountains, moving mountains with supernatural power. To get to Mount Sinai, to hear the voice of God. Do, do, do you know that your life is supernatural? I, I don't know how old you are. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what you've been through. But I'm here to tell you, God has moved mountains for you. Uh, you may not have perceived it. You may not have understand it. You may not know about it. But I'm here to tell you, my God's been good to you. And it's supernatural ability, his power in your life that brought you all that way and sat you right in the seat you're sitting. Do you know that it's a miracle that you're sitting in church? Well, look at some miracles. It's a miracle you're in church. Because everybody knows about you back in the day. I had nobody thought you'd ever be in church. But here you are in church. Here you are in church. I'm telling you, let me say, here you are in church and you profess the name of Christ and you believe in his name and you know he's Lord of Lords and you know he's God of Gods. And here you are in church, gone all the way. You are right next to God. Am I talking to somebody? You've come a long way. You've come a long way. You've come a long way. Baby, you've come a long way from where you are. Will you look at your neighbor and say, You've come a long way, baby? You've come a long way. Oh, man, give somebody a high five and say, man, you've come a long way. I remember you back in the day. I should have brought some of y'all's yearbooks in school and just said, what were you doing back there? 
<laughs> You've gone over mountains and hilltops under God's supernatural ability. God has changed your life. Yeah, I know you don't have the job you want, but you've been changed on the inside. I, I know you're around some strange people and there's a lot of things going on in your life, but you're right next to the living God. Listen, you've come a long way to hear the voice of God. It's all been supernatural. It's all been supernatural. It's all been supernatural. Well, you say it to yourself, it's all been supernatural. God saved you with supernatural power. He positioned you with supernatural power. He positioned you with supernatural power. God's done a work in you. And Elijah went all that way, what? To hear the voice of God. You see, here's what happened, Elijah. Elijah's discouraged. He said, I thought I'd see more. I thought I'd know more. I thought things would have been different. God says, listen, go stand. Go stand in the entry. I want, I want to do something with you. So the Bible says, you read it with me. Great wind showed up. That wind was so strong. Listen, it was breaking rocks in pieces. You don't think Elijah was shaking in his boots in there? Or his sandals? <laughs> shaking in his sandals and his tunic. He, he was shaking. But God wasn't in the wind. But we know that wind is a manifestation of God, of his spirit. It's his ruach. For God is a spirit. And they that worship him, worship him, spirit, and here he's showing up in wind, but he's not in the wind. I just want you to learn something about God. Then we learned an earthquake showed up. But the whole mountain was shaking. God said, no, not in the earthquake. Then a fire. We know about that, right, church? That our God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God, right? Wasn't in the fire. Then something happened. Watch this. And it's happening to some of you right now. Did you know that a still small voice is actually translated into Hebrew as this? A great calm. Some Hebrew writers, some teachers say that it was a, a gentle wind. You, 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 ever, you, you ever walk into a room and you open the door and you sense that people are arguing but they're not talking? That ever happened to you? Raise your hand. You, 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 you open the door, and all of a sudden, everybody's, you know. But you say, hold on, it feels weird in here. Like, there's tension. Have you ever been driving your car at home, and all of a sudden, you feel a calm? I like to call it a stillness. Happens to me every day I hear God. You know what happens? I get in my prayer closet. And you know, you know why I love praying? Because I get to make an exchange with God. See, see a lot of you call griping praying. Lord, this is wrong and that is wrong and this is wrong. And you need to fix it by Friday because I want to have a good weekend. Prayer is, God, I'm giving this to you. 
give me your rest. My faith, I want to, Lord. And so I get in my prayer closet and I'm just spending time just with the Lord, just glorifying his beautiful name and just, Father, you're so awesome. And then, then I just hand over that thing. And then as soon as I do, I sense this. I'm in the peace of the Lord. And then I can feel it now. I just, Lord. And then he talks to me. I hear his voice. No, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm spiritual. I'm supernatural. I've been made a new creature to hear the voice of God. I see God. I hear God. I know God. I love God. I have a new mind, a new heart, new eyes, new ears. And they all help me to see the Lord. But I need to be at rest first. So see, God showed Elijah a lesson all of you need to learn. That you're going to have to get quiet. Can I share with you today that God's principle is this? God can show up by fire because he's God. God can show up by wind. He's God. God can show up any way he wants to show up. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. But can I share with you that God has a new plan? I'm going to show you how it looks. In the book of Acts, and I'm closing. I usually have like four closes. That's number two. In the book of Acts, there was something called Pentecost. Same sort of thing. A rushing mighty wind came in. Fire came. Rest at home. see what God wants to do now? He just wants to talk to the innermost part of you. That's all he wants. Isn't that beautiful? That your father in heaven, you know all he wants to do? He just wants to talk with you. He just, just wants to talk with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you how much he loves you, how much he cares about you. He wants to tell you that he has plans for you. Wonderful, beautiful plans. Plans of peace, not of evil. To speak to you about the expected end. He wants you to be everything he needs for you to be. Because I'm here to tell you, your family needs you to be everything you need to be for God. We're living in those times and those hours. Listen, we need to hear the voice of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. This is my third close. <laughs> I've run out of time. I'm sorry. There's one minute into the game. I don't know who's winning or losing. But if I have my guess, the Cowboys won, but def deflected, gave... Who are they playing today, by the way? The Fal Atlanta Falcons. Last Sunday was the Broncos. We don't want to talk about that. That's Josh. That's Josh. They take it easy, and they say, take it easy. Seven, seven in a row. That was seven in a row. My boys do it, man. I'm a Bronco fan. I'm born and raised in Colorado, man. Listen, that's my team. But listen. Listen, I don't, I don't, there's some of you I know very well. Some of you I don't know at all. I see new faces, people, people that I've had, had acquaintance to meet, the, the Curry family. We, were not, we almost won that game, too. It's still in my heart. We're going to win it next year. Right? So some of y'all I know, some of y'all I don't know. But listen, I want you to hear the preacher tell you something so valuable. That I didn't come to talk to you about religion. I, 
I didn't come to quote you scriptures and tell you to do this and do that. You know what the preacher asked you to do? To be quiet. To be still. That if you profess the name of the Lord, and if you get still, you'll hear his voice. And once you hear that voice, it's going to revolutionize your faith, your Christianity, your thoughts, your heart, your mind towards God. You're going to be a different creature because you're going to hear for yourself how much God loves you and cares about you. And all the purposes in God are going to be revealed to you. I want you to hear his voice because I know what it will do for you. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. Maybe, maybe you're, not, you're new to the church, so I'm not, I'm not trying to press nobody into nothing. This is what I'll ask you to do. Just be reverent if you can be that. Just ask you just politely, out of courtesy. Just say, hey, you know, I'm in the house of the Lord. This, these are Christians, believers. I'm just going to bow my head in reverence.